It's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top living the dream. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got a real pretty baby with a thing that's made for me. Do do. I'm pulling up, anticipating good love. Could you imagine? Don't keep me waiting. I got plans to put my hand in It's so funny that when I used to sing that song, Mm -hmm. I had no idea where those hands wanted to go. Right, right. Those hands wanted to go, but I used to sing that shit from the top of my lungs. Yeah, that's the gag. Where it's like, you really really are (laughs) like, ooh, like I know word for word. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you've been bumping it since you were 12. Yeah. But now you can take in Mm -hmm. what they're saying Mm -hmm. in the lyrics, and it's wild. It is wild. Just like that intro. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Is What It Is podcast. If it's your first time here, my name is Otlin. I have my lovely co-host Kivia here as well. And what we like to do is have a chit-chat, powwow, discussion, reflection, update on where we're at, what's going on, what we're feeling like. Oh, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Actually. And today's episode is number 147. And we are going to do the part two to our... <clears throat> was that two episodes ago? Yeah. About. Uh, 145. Our reunion with EJD. Eric Jerome Dickey. Mm-hmm. He is a black male author. He's written over 20 plus books. All of them are unique. All of them are great because they're written by him. Yeah. Um, we are on a journey to read all or his collection of books. Mm-hmm. Um, some we've read here and there as teenagers in high school, but we're pretty much rereading them all. Um, so you'll be hearing about those most likely down the line. Today we're going to talk about one of the series that we both completed um the ken swift series yeah we follow the character ken swift on his journey starting with book one which was uh bad men before we were wicked no before we were wicked before we were wicked i don't know why i always mix up which comes first before we were wicked eric jerome dickey forgot what year that book came out 2018. 2018. And then Bad Men, Men Wicked Women Women came out in is part two. Yeah. And when, so you had checked out the book, mm-hmm. or you found the book. I found the book. That was the first trip to the bookstore. And I had my books that I chose. You had your books, or it was a hold that you picked up. One I or the other. It was a hold, yeah. Um, but it was like the first round of books once we went back into book love. Um, book love, I like that. And Eric Jerome Dickey was one of the authors that came up to search for, found it at the local library, obtained it. Um, I'm pretty sure I was reading Evelyn Hugo, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by... Taylor Jenkins Reid, mm-hmm. 
and you cracked before we were wicked. And I had it in my list, of course, but it wasn't my next book. Mm -hmm. But based on how you were describing and like your face and you were just like your reaction to what you were reading, I'm like, okay, I got to get my hands on this book next. Like I couldn't wait to get to the book. You know what I mean? Like I just couldn't wait. Like I literally had to go and just, I remember it was one of the days when we went on a walk. And you were describing, I'm like, okay, tell me, like, give me the preface of what it's about. Mm-hmm. And you were describing what it was about. Um, do you want to give that little Yeah, blurb? so pretty much it's about um, a young man, Ken Swift, who is a, um, a low-level enforcer or, like just a more raunchier version of like a bounty hunter that wasn't really legal of course so if you um asked for money or was loaned some money and you weren't repaying that back in a timely manner or whatever you agreed to Ken and his partner um would come down and like just ruffle a couple feathers and get that payment that is his profession he's 21 um he's putting himself through college um and then he eventually wants to um travel africa he meets a 19 year old at a club um named jimmy lee who's from uh ethiopia and it's just their their journey of like meeting each other, it being a one night stand and what happens after that. What happens after that? And it's so funny when you look back and you're like, that's kind of where their two worlds collided. Yeah. And it, sh- and I like how he showed the perspective of like two separate cultures, upbringings coming together in that one chance encounter or meeting. Right. And then how they kind of decided to, like, remain in each other's lives. They chose how they ended up in each other's lives, but then that choice ultimately, like, created a lot of heartache. Right. Pain, struggle, a lot. And I think what I've learned through reading that series, because that was the first book I read of his after, like, how many years? Okay. So... I realized the depth of the character. I think that's what made it so um, interesting to read and relatable mm-hmm. is because of the depth and the complexity that was a part of the character. Because you're like, this is, I can be this way. It can be angry. It can be happy. It can be sad. It could be reckless. We've all done that. We've all done things that were like reckless, but like not cared of being carefree. We've done things that are reckless and then been terrified after. Like, it's just... It's just interesting to see, like, the full spectrum of a human being. But, like, through a book where it's safer because you don't have to get... You're not experiencing the consequences. Right. But you also see the value in understanding, like, why you have to recognize, like, within yourself that being dynamic and having that complexity is just 
a part of who you are and that's mm-hmm. what's gonna help you get through fucking life you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yeah great great point i think um it being the second book i read chasing destiny before this series um i truly appreciate that like that's something building the character and you falling in love with the character is something that he does very well um you're able to see what he was trying to build, even though it's your own image that you're creating when you're reading it. Um, but seeing how, you know, they're still, they're both two black people navigating America. Uh, Jimmy Lee believed that, like, uh, Ethiopia wasn't colonized, therefore, like, Ethiopians aren't slaves, therefore... They're not black. They're not black. Um, They consist of, like... What did he say? Like, around 40% cockazoid, if Mm -hmm. I'm saying it right. And it's like... They just believed that they were uh, superior to their counterpart, which is the black male, Ken, living in America. Or just African. Like, they... Like, based on how it was described in the book... She believed, her family believed, they, the culture believed that they were above just being African. Yeah. They're not the standard African. Mm-hmm. And then now take, if I'm not a standard in, on the, con- within the continent of Africa, I'm definitely not the standard of a black American. Mm-hmm. And so she literally from the jump came with that energy. Yeah. And that judgment and that view yet equally recognize parts of him that she was drawn to and Mm -hmm. that she welcomed and invited into her life but dissed it at the same time and it was like for me it was such a struggle to see those parts because I'm just like what's motivating you to want to to want to entertain this man then right if there's so many things that you're judging and nitpicking and like that you don't like. And then why is he choosing to allow someone to do that? To do that. To I think that um, way? I think one thing that continue to pop up is like just unhealthy and toxic habits. And it's like you can really see how being toxic in this way of like degrading who you're attracted to and it's like so continuing weird. to give them attention and their time and like really letting them believe you know this could be something when that's not necessarily what you want I think it's people want the image or want whatever they envision um but the work that's required or like the compromise that is needed like they're not really willing to do that they're more comfortable in being unhealthy yeah because it was really um difficult to read like the back and forth that they went through like the entirety of the book um the first book Mm -hmm. even the second book and how although like okay let's say we didn't work out being together physically that doesn't mean that once you're separate and separate from me that I'm not really that I'm not dealing with everything that's happened when we were together you know, so it's like the 
how that person affected you. What did you gain from the relationship? What did you put into the relationship that was unhealthy? Like, mm-hmm. what are like what are the habits? Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna bring on to the next? Mm-hmm. What have you learned? You know, and I I think that there was a lack of that amongst them. Like they were young, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. live your life. You're hot. You're cute. You have money. Do what you want to do. You want to defy your parents. She was living at home. He was. He had his own place. Mm-hmm. And yet, still, it was like. For someone to be in a position of, like, not living on their own, to tell you about where you're living, mm-hmm. that's weird. It is. You know? It's so weird. Or to have this unrealistic standard that you're holding, but, like, when you see someone's trying and they're doing their best and they are standing out from the rest, but also just, like, seeing someone who's, like, being difficult to be with on purpose, almost. Because mm. it's, like... It could really be fine. Right, If right, you right. just kind of gave into it. Mm. And if you allowed yourself to admit how much you like this person, love this person. If you allow yourself to see the great qualities this person has outside of all the other things that you're nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like she held back a lot. She held back a lot with him. And then there was a lot of resentment. You know what I mean? Like... I think through her, I realized, like, when you are struggling individually and internally, it's easy to project that onto people, especially the ones closest to you. Right. Um, But it's still not an excuse. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, like, this person's most likely still, you know, supporting you, still there for you like I just don't see how and why if you want it to remain in your life why are you pushing it away it just shows you how Mm -hmm. self-destructive humans really are yeah and it's so unfortunate that it's like so relatable at some point of our lives we've all like done that Mm -hmm. and I think through looking at their relationship um, she was, she intended to be going to school to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the one night stand, spoiler alerts in this video, in this video, <laughs> in this recording. Um, but she winds up pregnant and now we have to like rethink what we're going to really do about that mm-hmm. and how life will look, you know? And I feel like reading, um, that her family never accepted him, even though he decided to show up, um, you know, ask for a hand, get married, do this in um, a traditional way that would be acceptable to her family. Um, she never really gave him the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that she was really, um, Jimmy Lee was really wrapped up in the opinions of her parents related to like culture and Mm -hmm. like just their ideologies. Mm -hmm. She didn't really have an opinion for herself. Like Mm -hmm. apart from her wanting to go to school, attain a career. Mm -hmm. Was that her dream or what her parents placed on her? Mm -hmm. Um, and then now that this, 
this goal is interrupted, I think that there was just a lot of self-sabotaging that was happening Mm -hmm. um, in the relationship. And it just, it was just a really unhealthy um, thing to watch. Mm -hmm. But it's like, ooh, I've done that. Absolutely. And I think even the part like you just said, it's like she cared so much about what her parents would say and the acceptance. And I was like thinking they still ended up coming back around in some degree. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it always showed like if people can't meet you where you're at, if they can't accept you for where you're at with the love and whatever that's supposed to be there based on who they are, it's like... Who cares? Because right, right. if in some time in the future, in another lifetime, if they're supposed to be there and if you're supposed to come to that understanding, you will. Just may not be when you think it should be and how you think it should be. But if you're supposed to come together, you will. And you'll know if at this time you're able to see me for where I am at and accept me. Or not, or she is she willing to submit to their requirements there, you know, and then they're handing it out in a way of, like, control. Right, right. But at some degree, you're agreeing to meet each other where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you are now a dependent and you need me, then I'm willing to meet you with whatever limitations, but I'm still opening it up to you. Right, right. So I think it's like... You have to be, like, bundem sometimes. Like, if people don't accept you for who you are, they don't want what you want, and you're saying it's what's best for you, like, it's okay. It's okay to walk it alone. It's okay to make that decision and stick to it. And I think that's where she effed up, like, and messed up her own mind is because she she was trying to tether the line. Yeah. And she wasn't sticking to one side. And I think she wasn't clear within herself. She had a lot of gray area. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know how to navigate that. You know, still trying to, like, hold on to relationship with her parents because she made this decision to marry a man they didn't accept. But also trying to be the wife and the mother in this scenario. Also, like, navigating your life after it not going the way you planned or mm-hmm. um, seeing how you can re-visualize you know your life because there's so many years that she wasted not giving it a chance for herself giving herself a chance she was just blaming him and it was like you could have been re-recovered from that you could have been bounced back from the unfortunate part of the situation right and the part you couldn't control right i think um through looking at their, like, them individually as characters. Yeah. Um, both Ken and Jimmy Lee were individuals who didn't know how to um, communicate mm-hmm. what they wanted. Right. Because, let's just say she wanted to be the one to become a doctor. It was her own idea that she put into her head. Mm-hmm. There are always roadblocks in life. Also, there are doctors who have children. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not like it wasn't an attainable goal. It was just not planned or going the way that you intended it to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with Ken, it was like... Um, he knew that what he was trying to be for Jimmy Lee 
was not, he wasn't receiving that back. That's not what he wanted for himself. Mm-hmm. Yet he stayed mentally. And even, even after, you know, the relationship absolved, like he was still stuck in that relationship mm-hmm. where he didn't pick himself back up to continue his life, which mm-hmm. is what started the second book. Um, bad men and wicked women. And I think when we don't heal, um, you know, our past resentments, or if we're blaming other people for the reason why we're unable to do things, Mm -hmm. we have to also take accountability of our lack of, like, effort to change that, Mm -hmm. um, is something that was brought up to me through reading those books. Mm. And I feel like when I look at how, yes, it's so relatable to be toxic, Maybe it's your environment. Maybe, you know, that's all you've ever known. Um, but you still have the choice. Just as they made the choice to meet each other at that club and be with each other for that night, um, you can make the choice for tomorrow of yeah. what you want to do tomorrow. And I think that there was a lot of, like, hesitancy and resentment in these books and... It was just very, um, what was not surprising, but like, like it just reminded me when the kid, so she winds up getting pregnant and having a child, a girl. The second book is about the relationship of the girl. Um, the psyche that the little girl has developed Mm -hmm. based on the relationship of her parents Mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know how your psyche will influence what you create Mm. offspring thoughts, Mm. you know, ideas, what you want to bring forth. You don't know how much your mental can really affect the outcome. Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent because her thoughts and what she was stewing in definitely was stewing in that belly definitely was stewing in her experience raising the child and the child's opinion of their father mm-hmm. um and the child being an american and still having the same negative thoughts and feelings towards americans and she's ha- like no both and she's both right mm-hmm. her father's now the american and her mother is the second born. And you know what's funny? You know? What it also showed to me is like people in in intercultural, multicultural relationships are having children that will be multicultural, I think. There should be an openness to both sides. Mm-hmm. You can't expect one person, regardless of how their family may do things or they may not have the traditions and they may not have the same gatherings and it's still that other person's heritage. It's still the child's other parts of them. And to deny them that is to deny the child their own evolution experience and their own right. evolving. Facts. You know, they may come to an age where they would then want to discover more, but I think don't block and limit that just because you're close-minded or you're, you don't want to open up in that way because... That, to me, doesn't make any sense. And it's a very selfish choice because ultimately the child didn't ask to be here. Mm -hmm. So, oopsie or planned, 
you have to give um, the child the chance to make their own informed decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, looking at, you know, the opposite, how this is, this story has played out, I think things could have been different. Mm -hmm. A lot different through conversation. Through clear communication. Yep. Through setting boundaries. There could have been so many moments that they could have just had the conversation, but it's like, that's the reflection to reality where you're like, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't even have the internal conversation or the self-awareness to even, like, then open up the dialogue with the other per the other party. Mm. And I also think, for me, it's just so interesting. Like, if I was going to have a child or build a life or even date someone from another culture, I would want to know everything about their culture. Mm-hmm. Because I may have kids with them. I don't want them to just learn everything from their parent. I mean, I mean, yeah, technically they would learn majority. But I think your kids seeing your interest and the openness to that is, one, the pro isn't that a part of the product of the child that you were open to another culture? Yeah. So why wouldn't you entertain that in their life? Because mm -hmm. I think that the, the kid reached, like, how old was she again? I forgot. Um... I think she was about the same age, 18, 19. Like 18. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, now the kids grew up. In the second book, the kid's now 18 and is going through a similar or like a, uh, just going through life, navigating that stage in her life. And the parents have a lot of reflecting to do about their past and their decisions. And it was just so interesting to see like how the cultural influence on the child shaped her thoughts her feelings towards the world herself like it was all mixed up in there yeah. and he did a really good job of building the complexities of the environment to then lead to the second book which was like this is the result of all of that you know right the result of all the, the the dysfunction the toxicity the back and forth the bs like all of that resulted in this part of the book and I mean we can definitely talk on and on and keep going with this topic um but what I will uh leave here is, with is that you all try and take a gander search up Eric Jerome Dickey books Take a look at the titles. Maybe read a read a read a sample, a page, the um, what the book's about, and just kind of see if maybe it's something that you'd be interested in reading, an author that you'd be interested in exploring. Um, but yeah, with that, we're gonna end this episode here, and uh, uh, always uh, interact with us on our Instagram, Black Magic. B-L-V-C-K-M-A-G-I-Q-U-E. As always, new episodes release Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Is What It Is podcast. My name's Kivia, and I have my lovely co-host, Otlin, with me on the mic. Um, with episode 147, part two of Reunited with one of our favorite authors, Eric Jerome Dickey. We want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. And with that, peace out.